hi everyone, it's Sua. Um, I just wanted to say that even though we did promise that we would have the tech slash sound issues completely resolved by this week, unfortunately, because this part two that is airing today was also recorded on the same day as the last episode, which was the day we had these infamous tech glitch issues we were unable to resolve them for this week's episode but i am diligently working to make sure that this is not an issue for next week's episode um also i did want to note that there had to be some um editing that happened after the recording was done because of the sensitive nature of the topic and um, to protect the security of our guests who mentioned things like underground churches and um movement christian movements that are happening in countries that are close to christianity and so we did have to do some editing which may mean that there might be some sound glitches or some editing glitching that you may hear but hopefully you will understand and the content quality will make up for that so thank you for understanding and here's the show you are listening to season three of the week pastor podcast where we view christianity through the lens of vulnerability Welcome to the Week Pastor Podcast. We're so thankful and delighted that you have joined us on this part two episode of us getting to know Sam and Esther. You listened last last week, you've listened to Esther's story. And today we've invited Sam to come to come back and to really share his story with us because it's, it was just, we know it's going to be powerful. And so Sam, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for being here. Uh, we're just so grateful that you've made time to come and share your story with us. And I just wanted to, I just want to really get right to it. You know, I just want to get right to it and just kind of hear your story. Your wife's story was riveting. Uh, Sua was crying. Uh, I was getting very teary-eyed. It was really powerful. And uh, I think one of the things we learned, Sam, and one of the things that I realized is that there, the sense of desperation that Esther had for God, for Jesus, um, even though like she was like hiding her Bible, she couldn't read her Bible until her parents left the house. Like that desperation that she had, like she just longed for an opportunity to read the word. Like I just like part of me listening to that, what inspired me was just like, man, like God, give me that desire. Give me that passion. And so just that's why our stories are so important. So, yeah, Sam, we just would love to hear your story. I would love to know how you became a Christian. And then I want to know about kind of like how you felt when your wife said or with your girlfriend at the time said i can't marry you like i'm sure you were devastated (laughs) it seemed like to me at least sam it seemed like to me sam like when you first saw esther it was like love at first sight right like you liked her right away but then she was like pray for my boyfriend that we would get married and you're like oh my god like what i gotta pray for that so i would love to hear that later on but like but but before that I would love to know your story and I will we would love to know how you became a Christian and how God came to you in your life. So please share with us. Okay. Yeah, first of all, you know, I really appreciate you and and for this opportunity. I've been waiting for a long time to just share with most of believers a lot of things. Mm. In our groups, in our small groups, you know, we did it, but I believe God did something in, in our life. Yeah, it, it, it's not just for us, you know, and yeah. I want to encourage people. So um, I was born in uh, Muslim countries, as you guys, everyone knows that right now. And my mom's family, they were super Muslims. My dad's family, they were on something middle. Not okay. Your mom's family were super Muslims. Okay. Yeah. Wow. So um, from the time that I was born till like when I was 13, 14 years old, I was trying to just follow 
Everything. Yeah. Do my best. Be a good kid. Yeah. Pray three times a day, all yeah. that stuff. Yep. And uh, when I was 14, I don't know how, but I decided to read Quran in my language. And when I finished that, it, you know, it made me a lot of question about who is God. If this is a God, you know, I couldn't accept it as a 14 years old. Hmm. That, uh, not now. As a 14, you know, just the beginning of the teenagers, you know, I had a lot of questions in my in my mind. So mm. I asked the people, my families, my friends, you know, my teachers, and I got a different answers. And it made me more confused. Mm. And mm. I decided to go to one of the mullah, one of the top leaders in my city, that everyone, they like him, they believe in him. And uh, after six months waiting, I went to his office and the whole conversation was like, was like about two or three minutes. Mm. And I asked him you know, a couple of my questions and he says, okay, let me be honest with you. God has a secret phone that nobody doesn't know that about it. And if you don't try and force to just get into the rooms, you will become as a crazy person. And I, I was honest with him. I said, okay, if I'm going to be honest with you, I'm inside the room right now and I need your help. And he said that, you know what? If I'm going to see you next time in my office, you're going to see yourself in prison. He was a powerful man. Oh, wow. Whoa. And he made me wow. to not believe in to this God. So he, so he did not like you questioning. He did not like he you questioning like anything about God, God, the Islam faith, or anything. Yeah, wow. and he kicked me out from his office wow. because wow. I was too young. And yeah, Sam, what was the question that... Do you remember any of the questions that you asked them? What were some yeah. of the questions that you asked so, them? You know, yes, when you're going back to... Uh, if, if any people really go on, they could just see that, you know, killing the people to just force them to just believe about Islam. And if you don't believe it, then they're going to kill. I had a lot of questions about that. I had a question about... Gotcha. Uh, if I'm going to die dead right now, you know... What's gonna be happen to me? You know, where mm. I'm gonna be? And they said, if you're gonna be a good person, probably you have some more chance to go to the heaven. And there wasn't any guarantee on that. Mm. And it made me yeah. a lot, you know, about that part. It made me a lot of you know questions. That what's the point? Why I have to do all these things mm. to just be positive, and maybe you going to the heaven. So that was the whole goal for most of the Muslims people that when they are dying, they are going to the heaven. Gotcha. Yeah. Heaven is going to be like the, like the girls, like the virgin girls, drawings, always, all shadows, you know. It's going to be. Mm. And it was, it wasn't make sense for me. So anyway. Okay. So uh, when he kicked me out from his office, it made me believe that this is not God. Wow. And, uh, uh, it made me, you know, in uh, some of my back uh, backgrounds, my uh, family's lives, um, I get to the point that this life is doesn't have any meaning on that. You know, I mm. alive. You know, let me just end up my life. And I tried three times. You tried. Three. Wow. Yes. Wait. So how old were you? How old were you around that? When, so when you when he I kicked you out like, of the office? I, I, it was between. 15 years old till when I was like about 17 or beginning yeah. of 15 years old. And, and so you were... Between that. Right. And so you were really wrestling with the Islam faith 
and you just felt like there's no way I can believe in this. And it got so you were at such a low point that you actually contemplated taking your life. Yeah, Three I was times. so hopeless. You know, I was so hopeless that wow, you know, there is nothing in this life wow. that it could just make me happy. You know, even mm. my family, even my friends, even you know, money. You know, it it, it couldn't make me happy. You know, we wow. I was born in a rich family, so okay, you were born in a rich family. Sometimes, you know, we had the money that you know we some of you know there was a time in our life that we lost everything and we became wow. a poor family. But most of my family times, we were rich, you know, every time when I wanted anything, they get it for me. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. So the last time um, I was, you know, for the first two times when, when I um, uh, was, you know, just saved by miracles, I could say that, um, I decided to finish it on any ways. And the easiest way just came to my mind is jumping to the highway. Wow. And there was a like the busy highway and I jumped to the highway and the car hated me so bad and I thought that that this is it. It was like about So you so you actually jumped and the car hit you. Sam, yeah. you actually did it. I did it, yeah. Wow. When the car <laughs> yeah. When the car hit me on the second that I was on between I know like the sky and earth, I thought that this is it. I'm done. And when I get to the floor, I didn't smash the floors. I rolled on the floors. But it wasn't like a miracle for me because I didn't know that this is miracles, you know. Mm -hmm. All my body was hurt. None of my bones didn't broke. With that, I skipped. What? The car hit you and nothing broke? Nothing broke. Wow. My body, yeah, on the highway. All my body was crashed so bad. I had so much pains. And I knew that this is my fault. But the miracle thing was that Usually when something like that happens in my country, the driver won't stop. They prefer to have deal with the mechanic and fixing the car sure. rather than just dealing with the officers, insurance, and yeah, the yeah, yeah, yeah. They, that they have to pay big, huge monies to my family. So usually they're going to just keep driving, not stopping. But the driver, he stopped, and the driver came out. I was said, okay, I'm, I'm good. You just go, go, you know. Yeah, and uh, because I, I, you know, I just felt, you know, that time, and I'm just going by that, like, by that time, I felt really disappointed from what I'm doing right oh now. What, what, yeah. should I, what, yeah. what else should I do, you yeah. know, to just yeah. yeah. And he just came and he stopped me and says, you know, I'm a doctor. I won't let you to go because, you know, when something like that happens after a couple of hours, you know, body has some different reactions. Mm -hmm. Wow. And he stopped me and he checked me. And after a couple hours checking, he took me back home and he says, God loves you that you are alive. I told him, I don't believe in God. So that was the first sign from God for me. And wow. while after that, uh, I had a friend who was blind. Um, we were so close with together and we decided to run away, leave our family's house forever. And he went to like another house, like six hours away. Wait, so Sam, can I just time out for one second? Yeah, so you jumped out of a, you jumped on a highway, yeah. car hit you. What did your parents say to you? What did your family say? Like, what are you doing? Why did you do this? Usually, you know, when, when, when something happens like that to me, I hid it from my families. You my, wait a minute. So you didn't have to go to the hospital? No, I didn't go. He, he was a doctor. He checked me, you know, so he took care of me. 
But I didn't <laughs> tell my family. This crazy story. I I know because you know, <laughs> I, you know my my families. I didn't uh, I didn't had a good relationship with them. Wow. So you didn't get hurt enough, even though a car hit you on a way. You were fine in that sense where you didn't have to go to the hospital. So your parents didn't know you got hit by a car. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Not, not, not till when wow. um, I became as a believer and a shell. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Like okay. Okay. One thing I just want to encourage our audience, please, please, this is a oh, testimony. Yeah. Do please. not hear this and think, wow, maybe I'll try this. And see if God will speak. Please do not do that. Yeah. This was just something where you were so desperate and this happened. But yeah, what a, what a, already a crazy, amazing story. But please continue. Please continue. Okay. Yeah, that's that's on the part that, you know, I'm not encouraging to the people to do that. Yeah, yeah, really, absolutely not. I'm encouraging just see where was God in my life. You were so desperate. You were just like so desperate. This is kind of like what you ended up doing. Okay. Yep. So um, when I uh, left my town home, so go back to my cultures it's so shameful for the family when you don't leave the house for a long time and let go mm. on the phones no calling no texting no nothing and that oh, time yeah. i had a cell phone by that time you know it's called like the homemade land homemade land phones and like that. yeah landlines yeah yeah and um after a couple of weeks you know my family they called everywhere they checked everywhere and they get disappointment and they thought that i'm dead somewhere you know or someone just kidnapped, kidnapped me. Mm. And um, after three weeks, uh, when I was on, on that city, someone robbed our monies and bags. And we get to the point that we have to go back home. So we have mm. with my friends. This is you and your friend who's blind. Yes, exactly. So um, over there, when you want to just go from the, from city A to city B, always there's a bus transportation between the cities, and it's gonna be okay. Much much easy, you know. Anytime that you want, you can get it. Yeah. But from morning till night, we tried anyway, but we didn't find any bus. And uh, hmm. at the end of the night, I felt that if something's going to, I felt so much responsibility from my friends that if something else is going to happen. Mm -hmm. Their family, they gonna put me in charge for that. So mm -hmm. what did I do? I didn't tell my friends. I called his parents and I said, "Okay, don't share it with anyone. I just call you to just ask for help if you mm -hmm. want to see your your son again." And he had a friends living in that cities, and they contacted him, and they came over there and picked me up, picked up us, and we went to his house. And when I went, I remember first time when I went to his house. I felt something peace, different peace on his house. Mm. And mm. it was surprising me that what what what's the difference, you know? And uh, he he was so warm, man. He was so welcoming me, you know, just feed us, you know. And um, when he went to the bed, I checked his libraries. He had a big, huge libraries. All the book was about Jesus. And wow. that's a difference. Mm -hmm. because he's Christian. So a day after that, I'm probably just make it really short because I don't, I, I'm, I'm, I'm so interested to just talk more about like Americans' cultures. With yes. So I'm trying to just make it really short. So, but up until that point, Sam, up until that, did you know about Jesus? No. Like, did you know? Uh, you didn't know anything what, about what Jesus. The, what the Islam or Quran says, you know, he was a good prophet, you know, he healed the people, yeah. he made them, he made the, you know, the persons alive, you know, something like that. Sure. But no information that he was God, gotcha. he the cross, you know, not mm. zero. 
Okay, okay. So a day after that was Sunday, and when he woke up, the first thing that I told him, can I come to the church with you? And usually in, in Islam's world, you know, this is like, you know, you have to take like the big steps to do that. Mm-hmm. And I mm-hmm. didn't know that at that time. So, um, How old are you at this time? 18 years old. 18. Yeah. Wow. He said that, yeah, you're welcome to go to the church. It was like the Armenian Catholic Church. And uh, we, when we went to the church, I went and see that the first person in the first row at the church. And I remember pastor, the pastor face, it was Armenian Catholic Church. So it was different language, not in our language. So I just followed the people. And I still remember the pastor face. He was looking like that, that what you are doing here in this church? <laughs> like, you know, I could just see that, like the question mark of his head. <laughs> and uh, at the end of the service, I remember there was a, like the five, six years old uh, girl. She just came to me with a tray of the bread tray of the bread as a first person. Mm. I had no idea what's that for, not, what, what's that for. And I picked up the handful of the bread and I saw <laughs> everyone are taking the piece and I just put <laughs> in my hand. What? How you were hungry. You were hungry. You want to eat something. Oh, great. I got some food. <laughs> what should I do with all this bread in my hand? <laughs> oh, I put it in my pocket and I take the piece. Like everyone. And when I ate the piece, I felt that I ate something like the fires. It started burning. And I felt that when just going down to my body, to my stomach, I felt that they just start burning like the real fire inside me. Wow. And I I get super sweat and sweat, super wet, shaking. And the first thing just came to my mouth, God is punishing you. Why? Because in, mm-hmm. they tell us that if you go to any other religions, God will punish you. And I thought mm-hmm. this is my punishment in my mind. But in my heart, something just, it was like the ice heart. It melted. And I, wow. I felt that something just changing in me. And when uh, the service was uh, done, they were supposed to just uh, close the church at the same time. Um, it was like about five five minutes. I asked my friends to go back to the church for the first time, just pray like the Christians people. I got the pillows, lay down, and uh, had my hands like that and just start praying, God. And when I start saying God, I don't know how long did it take that I just pray till my friend just came and just stood up in my shoulder says, they have to shut the clothes. They have to shut the church. Wow. They have to go. And it was like about one hour I was praying. And mm. I can't know that. What, what am I saying? Wow. And when I came from came out from the church, I saw the same little girl. She was walking with her mom. And she fell down. And mom helped her to just keep standing and keep walking. And I could say that for the first time in my life, I felt deeply I missed my mom. I miss my family. Hmm. And I took the bus same day, go back home. I knew that, you know, when my family, they're going to see me, they're going to just fighting with me, using not good word with me, shame to me. And my character was changed, you know. When I went to the house and hide my mom and I was crying, says, Mom, I really love you. I'm so sorry. Mm-hmm. She was 
kicking me with her hands and just throw me away. No, you're not my son anymore. What you're doing mm. is to our family. What's wrong with you? And uh, I didn't know that what's happened. You know, I changed. All my friends, they asked me, what's happened to you? And I thought that it's mm. about that bread, the piece of the bread. <laughs> And I told my and you friend, had a lot more in your pocket to show them. No. <laughs> I still have those bread, you know. Yeah, yeah, I have those bread, you know. You should give it to all of them. You should give it to all of them. Yeah. <laughs> no, I have it. I'm going to just give them. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. So, um, all, you know, my, one of my friends, he just asked me, you know, what's happened to you? Why you changed your lives? And I told him that I went to that church in that city and I just ate the bread. I thought it's about the bread. And he went there, and they didn't let them go, let them go to, to the church, and they shut the doors on them. And he called me, lawyer, why you don't tell us? Why you don't share? Why you're so selfish? Just tell us, you know, what's happened to you? And I wow. didn't know that. You know, something happens that it, it was a question for me, too. <laughs> what's happened to me? So a um, couple months after that, I find the building church in my house. So... Uh, in in in, uh, in my town home, so um, let me just give you a little bit of idea about uh, my country. There is no churches, okay, in my country unless the Armenian groups. It's gonna be like one person of our people. They are Armenian and they are allowed to have their church and they are allowed to go to their church, but not the Muslims people. If the Muslims people are going there, they will punish them. They will shut down the church. And they come, you know, it's going to be big, huge troubles for them. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I found the church. I went there and knocked the door. And when I knocked the door, there was a guy. He came out and he said, what do you need? What do you want? He says, I have some question about Jesus. And he says, are you Muslim? He says, yes, I am. He says, I'm sorry. I can't let you come again because you're Muslim. And he shut the doors on me. And when he shut the doors on me, my heart's broken from Jesus. I didn't know him. He didn't know me. And the first thing that just came to my mind says, yes, Jesus comes saying like Muhammad. Mm-hmm. Everyone, all the same. They're just thinking about themselves, not the people. And I took the bus to go home. My old characters just came back to me. Mm-hmm. Start fighting, you know, with everyone. Mm-hmm. And uh, I saw the old man just came and stopped in front of me. And I was ready in the bus. Yes, on the bus. I was ready to start fighting with everyone. And when I looked at him, his eyes, he says, I know, I tried just to respect him. I changed my place and sit somewhere else. Mm-hmm. And he came and sat in front of me again. Mm-hmm. No conversations, nothing. Mm-hmm. And when I left the bus, he left the bus same stations and he followed. So in my country, when you're walking, there is a two big, huge walls on both sides of the street that you can't see inside the house for the safety securities. And when you're going, when you're walking in your neighbor area, you gotta see some strangest people behind you. It's better to run or walk faster or let them go and you walk behind them for the safety. But I didn't feel any scary things from him. So he's the old man, you know, what he wants to do about me. Yeah. And when I was in the middle of my uh, the uh, neighbor's streets and two walls on both sides, no cars, no doors, he called my name. I don't want to use my name. And what? I said, I don't know him. How he knows my name? 
I just turned back to take another steps. I heard the same voice from my inside. He called my name and said, why you are doubting? Just follow me. And when I turned back, he was gone. So the peace just came back to my heart. Oh my and okay. Hold on, hold on. Oh, so the old man is crazy, man. walking behind you. Nobody yep. else is there. You hear him say your name. Yep. And then you hear the voice come from inside. But I looked back and I saw him. I didn't know him. And just turned back to walk. It just happened on top of like two, three seconds. I just turned back to just keep walking. I heard the same voice from my inside. And then I turned back. And he was gone. He was gone. Wow. 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 And yeah, praise Lord for that. The first yeah. thing that I did, wow. you know, I, I made a decision and said, okay, I didn't I didn't read the gospel by that time. I didn't know that who is Jesus? What did he do? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I told him that from now till ever, I'm gonna I'm gonna let everyone know that I'm believed to Jesus. Wow. And I, I when I went back home, I shared with my families and they thought that I'm I have another shanking back to their families. You know, they kicked me out from the home. Sure. And all my families, you know, my mom's family, they're, they're we have a, like a big, huge communities all around. You know, they, 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 they're all around the countries. They came, they travel, came back to my cities to just talk to me, to turn me back to the Islams. Mm-hmm. I had like a lot, a lot of talk with them. You know, they talked to me, not, not me. And, but at the end of all the talkings and says, I have a peace in my heart that I don't want to shit. I don't want to change it to get anything. Mm. I don't mm. care if they're gonna kill me. I don't mm. care if I want. I, I wanted to do right. that. So it, it, right. I didn't I scared about that. Right. I said I don't want to just lose my peace. I want to keep it mm. here. And a mm. uh, couple months after that, I saw one of my old friends by accident. Not accident. It was the God's plan. And he invited me to go to to go to him to the party with him. And uh, when we walked with together, I saw myself and my friends at the same building church. He read the door and they let him to come inside. And I was with him. I was super excited. I said, yes, I could just ask my question. And yeah. at the same time, I was looking for the same guy who shut the doors on me. Yeah. And uh, when I said I saw him there, they put the chairs like that. It was the Thanksgiving time. They put the chairs like the circle times, like 20, mm-hmm. 25 chairs. And I saw the guy came out from the building church, coming, out, coming to the yard. And as soon as he said, and I, when I saw his eyes, his face, he is stand and started walking to me. Mm-hmm. And I turned back to my friend and said, okay, I have to go right now. Just give me a call, okay? And I stand. So you to take you out? Oh yeah, I was ready for that. Okay. And I stand before he's gonna kick me out. I said, okay, let me. I'm gonna walk out before he's gonna do that. Right. And I was ready yeah. to walk out. At the same time, he get to me and he hugged me and he started crying. And I had a question. So yeah, it was so confusing <laughs> for me. What happened? Why should I accept it right now? I was ready to kick me out, and now you're hugging me and crying. And he said, I'm so happy you're here. I'm so happy you're here. And he said, okay, let me explain what's happened. So in, in my country, we have some uh, people working for the governments, and they, we call them religions police. Like your, like your brother. Mm-hmm. 
Yes, exactly. That yeah. you are joking. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. guys do know yeah. that. Okay, that's yeah, it. we know the story. <laughs> <laughs> so some people like him looking for some people like us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he said that those people were inside the church and they asked us a lot of questions, mm-hmm. punish us, why we share the gospel with the people. And he came at the same time. I had no choice to tell you back oh, for my safety. Oh. Yeah, for protection. And he said that when you gone and when we, uh, when uh, when you gone and when uh, when you gone and when they gone, I had a nap, and I saw Jesus came to the church. He was so happy and nice with everyone except me. And I says, "Why you're not happy with me?" He says, "My son came to my house wow. and you shut the doors on me." Wow! And wow! By the time it was the same time <laughs> that I saw the old man behind me and he was gone. Yeah. So it was another sign, like it was, it was like a small piece of the puzzle next to each other. It was like another sign. Yes, this is right. So he mm. helped me to read the gospel and he answered all my questions. And when I finished the first time, the whole gospel said, wow, this is not for me. This is for everyone. Why everyone mm. didn't know about that? So... Mm. Um, I called the, I'm going to just share about my dad because um, I want to just uh, first appreciate to my dad and just let everyone know, you know, uh, who is this God? Who is this lovely God? So uh, I called the, uh, the guy from another cities and he was old to come to our house to help me to share it with my family because usually my call mm-hmm. It could hear better from the old guy, not the young guy like me. And yeah. Dad, he he was a funny guy. He was he he tried always to make everyone's laugh, everyone's just be happy. But when he saw him, he was so uh, serious to kill him because mm. the culture said he told him, "Yes, this is all your fault. Yeah. You let him to yeah. go to the church. It just happened because of you." So they wow. walked out. With together, they talked for one hour, two hours, I can't remember, and they came back home. And uh, my friend, name, uh, I don't want to just use their name, my friend uh, asked my dad, Do you believe in God? And my dad said, do you, Who do you think you are? Of course I do. I said, Okay, if you really believe in God, just go to him and talk to him and ask him to show you the truth. And as a guest, I'm going to stay in your house and you can do whatever that you want to do to me tomorrow. Mm-hmm. So um, wow. my dad, he went, uh, he uh, slept outside in the yard and uh, middle of the night, he just came to me with the like, sh- like I never saw my dad like that. Before. Like shaking. Like shaking, sweating. Mm-hmm. All her body was so wet. I never saw my dad like that. The first thing that came to my mind says, maybe he killed him. Oh, gosh. Mm. I said, what mm-hmm. have you done, dad? What have you done? He says, just wake up. I need to talk to you. And he said that uh, wow. he saw a dream about Jesus. He says, I saw the last day of the world. And I saw a lot of groups in my dreams. The people that they were sharing their money with the poor people, the people that were asking for forgiveness, the people that they were praying God. The pe- I saw like thousands and thousands of the groups. Wow. And when I turned back to myself, none of those groups was belongs to me because mm. I knew that how did I live in my life? 
So I just turned back to the God, said, okay, God, no question, no answer. I know how did I live in my life. Just show me the door of the hell. And when he was thinking about that, he saw the guy in his dream says, why are you so worried? And my dad says, don't you see that? This is the last day. I said, you shouldn't be worried about it. I said, who do you think you are? Says, I'm your faith, your happiness, and your peace from now till ever. Mm. And my dad says, what's your name? That's I'm just, wow. So, um, so powerful. Um, so, uh, a day after that, my dad and my friend and I, we were holding our hands and we praying in God. And my mom, she came out at the same time and she saw the pictures and I don't know who's going to be a dad right now. We were supposed to guide him back to the Islam and go holding his hands and he's praying. I'm praying. I'm going to be a dad right now. This is like a movie. This is a movie right now you're sharing with us. <laughs> yeah. So, praise Lord, couple months after that, my mom, she touched by Holy Spirit. And my sister, a couple months after that, she touched by Holy Spirit. And when the whole family we became wow. believers, Thank you, God. we opened up our wow. house doors to everyone. And we shared without any fear to everyone. Wow. And wow. Uh, uh, I'm trying to just make it really short. Uh, between that time till like three years after that, uh, there were a lot of groups just growing like, I don't know how to say that, like the virus. I don't want to, you know, it grows on a good virus. It just uh, separates right. everywhere. Yeah. And uh, it wasn't just in my city. It was like a couple of cities all around. Wow. And my job wow. was, we didn't have a gospel. I had like a copy of the gospel on the A4 papers. And my job was just traveling on, on their house and switch the part of the gospel, which ones, which others. And going to another yeah. house and make sure and each each house they were like between like 15 or 20 people that they were wow. together. And they were growing, you know. I, I wasn't able to just check everywhere. So um couple um like couple years after that, I met my wife Stir on Rockwell's underground churches, and I fall in love right away. Right away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's she's so gift from me. So, uh, but I, I wasn't in a good situation to ask her to marry with me. So anyway, um, um, they found me. The religious police, they found me after a couple of years. And they oh. me and my mom to the prison. You and your mom? Yes, on separate time. You know, separate, not separate time. Same time, but separate uh, cell. And my cell yeah. was, I don't know how to say that. Like it was half of the rooms. And it was like the... Um, how tall is that? Like this tall? It's like four, maybe three feet. Three feet. And there was a small bathroom behind that. And I was supposed to just walk like mm -hmm. this way. Then two steps and two steps back. Yeah. And I was sleeping down on the same time. But it was, I, I felt so peace, mm -hmm. so incredible peace. I wasn't mm -hmm. worried about anything. I was worshiping and I was, um, Praying in God, and they were super mad at me. And every one hour or one hour and a half, they woke me up and, and asked me a lot of questions. And they said, We need you to have like 100 names from you. 
then we can release you. A hundred names of people in 100, the underground. Yes. Uh, Christian, so they can, yeah, yeah. Yes. Arrest. And I was so worried about them. I was so, so I didn't share. I just shared my family names. So my, 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 uh, my friends who helped us and led me, he was out of my country. And I gave him their names too, because I knew that they couldn't just get him. And 24 hours after that time, they released us. Is that no? Is that expected that they? No, no. I was waiting. You know, I was. They took all the money. They took all the documents. Like we had a lot of like the land, houses, cars. They took all the titles mm -hmm. from us wow. to just take it for themselves. Mm -hmm. And yeah, well, it's, it wasn't normal. So what were you thinking? How long were you thinking? Are so you I thought you know the first time in them they took me. I thought because I knew that that they they gonna just keep them forever or they gonna kill them. I was ready for that. Okay, but I promised myself, and Jesus says, I'm not sharing anything with anyone. But uh, when they ask me, you know, they just ask me a question. Just give us a hundred names. Give us a hundred names. We need to know where were you? What did you do? So um, when they uh, released me, I found that something like the uh, tracking GPS in my in my oh, wow. car, and I found that my phone sounds it's changed. So I knew that something happened, you know. Mm. What did I do when we when we were inside the house? We talking like whispering, like yeah. that. Yeah, whispering. So yeah. And um, we didn't contact. When they released me, I felt I'm in the prison. I knew that the people they are worried about me because nobody didn't know that what happened to me, and I didn't contact with anyone. And they were waiting for that. And I knew that if I'm gonna take any wrong steps, maybe some other people right. they're gonna be in danger. So yeah. So Sam, can I just ask a few extra questions? Let me just back up a little bit. So did, did I hear correctly? Did you say that um, they took your land? They took your parents' land and money and all, all, all that stuff? Yes, all the titles, huh? all the money. Yes. They're allowed to do that. The government's allowed, allowed to do allowed that. Allowed to do that, but in my countries, because they have the power. They could just, you know, they like just do whatever they want. Whatever that they want. You know, the thing that you know when they say that, you know, when they when they get me to the person that says, I asked them, you know, what was my crime? What did they do? And this is because I believe to the Jesus, I believe to the Jesus. They said, No, who said that that it's gonna be crime? But my crime was I'm sharing something opposite of the Muslims faith. Muslim faith. Okay. And they you can know? do all of this, even though your father wasn't caught. They can take away your parents' money. Homes, everything, even though it wasn't they, your father. They, that you know, when they came to our house, they whatever that they found, they found my computers, they took my computers, the gotcha. frame door, I didn't have anything on my computers by that time. Gotcha. But okay. Everything's wow. And if, uh, let me just share this part. Wow. When they came to our house, it was like 50 people they just came to our house, same time. And we had like the Bible space down on the floors mm -hmm. and they walk on that more than hundred times. But none of them they didn't pick the pick up the Bible and see what's that. Mm. They didn't see that. And it was <laughs> like like you know they they blind. You no, know, they yeah. Mm. So a uh, couple uh when they released us, my mom and I we decided to just take all the money as much as we could and leave the country. And we left from Country A to country B, and we became as a refugee on three days. 
And uh, when we when uh, my, it was me and my mom and my sister, my dad he stayed home to just uh, take care of my grandma. I hope I'm not correct. Mm -hmm. uh, and after you know when when um, we he felt that we are safe, he stand and showed to everyone too. He felt that we are good right now. So Wow. uh, it was about a year that I was waiting for my dad to come and visit us. Two days before his trip, um, they um, there is a lot of you know, like we don't have like the documents that they could say that they killed them, but we have a lot of signs that our government, you know, the people they went there and they killed them. Oh, man. I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah. No, I'm 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 sorry too, but I know I'm gonna see him. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And your father, he he believed in something so much that he was willing to die for it, which is really what, you know, which is really amazing. Yeah. So um, when I was uh, uh, on the second country to just become, I didn't know that where I'm gonna go. What what should I do? What's gonna be next steps? And it was really, really hard to just leave. You know, I remember, you know, when I heard about my dad on, uh, on that country, my mom, she had the cancers and we had no monies for, and we had no insurance and they didn't, you know, them. they didn't, they just want money to just check my mom. And I was working on the place. They didn't give me any monies and they kicked me out because I was underground jobs. And the how the homeowners, you know, he throw out all our stuffs just because we didn't have the money again. So it was really hard time to Mm. leave. And we, you know, the the uh, organizations that we that we've been working with them because we didn't have any documents to just show them what was happens to us. They didn't believe us too. They said, "You're you guys, you're liar. That's the biggest liar that we heard." So it was so hard for everyone to hear that. So a uh, couple, like, couple years after that, you know, they believed it and they, we came to the USA, both my mom and I and my sisters. And uh, during that time, uh, I, I met Esther and uh, I had dreams about our marriage. You, I know it's not usual, but I had dreams about our marriage and I, That was the only reason that I waited for her for four years. Because God gave me a promise that we're going to get married. I know that by that time she was in a relationship with someone else. And it was so hard for me to just tell her that, you know, I... I, I'm praying for her that she would get married to that guy. <laughs> She you asked know, you to pray I for prayed her, remember? for that. You know, some people Yeah, say, I know. Oh, my God. Did you pray? Yes. <laughs> But I replaced that, okay, Lord, if, if this is from you, okay, let us do what happened. But it took four years. And I could say er, most of the time, every month, you know, I just call her and call her. I just, is there any chance? And she said, no, no. <laughs> and um, yeah. So when I came here and uh, we got married, my wife, she came here and we started having the groups in here, small groups. And uh, that was the first 
our language small groups here. Wow. And it's not too many people right now, but we still have connecting to each others. And uh, we came here. So I'm gonna just let I'm gonna just give it yeah and so breaks. if you have any questions yeah 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 you can go forward you know like about here you know living here I I do I do have one observation that I like to just mention mm -hmm. both for you and Esther the thing that really allowed you or opened your heart to Jesus is peace like you both said like there was a peace you know and um. And I just think like that is that's such a I think that's a, a way in how, you know, Christians, you know, we often think, OK, when we talk to somebody about Jesus, we got to like make sure we convince them who Jesus is. Mm. But both of you came to faith because you sense peace, Oh yeah, you know, and, and the peace is something that the world cannot give. And uh, and because you sense that you're like, no, this Jesus must be real. And I think it's just really important for people to realize that and also understand that, yeah, Jesus is the prince of peace. He's the one who gives us peace. And if you're living your life today and you're not living it with any kind of peace, we just have to turn to Jesus and he'll give us the peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding, which is a part of the fruit of the spirit. You know, the, the peace that that uh, that only Jesus can give to us this is actually the peace that Jesus has, that he gives us his peace, which yeah. is really amazing. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's really important. And, and like you and both your wife, you both shared it was this peace. It was the peace that you sensed. The other thing that I observed is and this is like, you know, like in America, we get so caught up in theology and, and different things like that. But you started to believe in Jesus when you took that communion. Yep. The bread. Yep. And in America, a lot of times we tell people, you cannot do communion if you're not a Christian. You cannot do communion if you didn't That's repent. True. That's you got to repent before you do this. And I just want people to realize, like, if we believe what the Eucharist is, it's it's the bread is the presence of Jesus. The wine is the blood of Jesus. It's the presence of Jesus. Why wouldn't we want people who may not know Jesus, but is searching to have communion because they can encounter the presence of Jesus? Now, I know the scriptures, Paul says, if you haven't repented and you take this, you might get sick and stuff like that. But I don't think Paul meant that for people who were really seeking Jesus and doesn't know Jesus yet. He meant that for the Christians who are backsliding. The Christians who are not repenting, who are not living a repentant life. But for you, you were at a church and you didn't know what this was, but you took it and you sensed the peace of Jesus in your heart. So I just think that's just so beautiful. Like just hearing that testimony, it just encourages me. And there was a, a German theologian by the name of Diedrich Bonhoeffer, and he was in prison for his faith during World War II. And he started to befriend the soldiers. The soldiers weren't Christian yet. But he would do communion with them. And he says, like, I am not going to take communion unless you take it with me. And they're like, but I'm not a Christian. He says, it doesn't matter because when two or more are gathered in Jesus name, he says he will be there. And so he's like, if you come, like the presence of Christ is there. So he's like, I will not take communion if you don't come with me. And so like they would take communion with him because he truly believed that when people are gathered in his name, his presence will be there and they can encounter it. So I just think that was so beautiful when you started to share that you took this communion. You didn't even know what it was. You took a huge handful of bread, put it in your pocket, but you took it and you felt this warmth in your heart. You felt the peace, which I thought was just, it's so encouraging. Yeah, it's so amazing. Yeah. Any thoughts about you, Sue? Like, this is the first time you've heard this. So you and I are both like, this is crazy. Like, this is insane. I'm processing. <laughs> After Esther's story, I was like, oh, nothing can be... Nothing's going to top this. This is a whole different 
mind blowing. You know, it's um, yeah. I, you know, yeah. I, I I will say the other thing is. No, no, go, go ahead, go ahead, Zua. Like it was so funny because not funny and like a ha 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 funny, but like when Sam was talking about being in prison and like having the peace, but like worshiping. Yeah. Like, it's so funny because you know, uh, I'm sorry, are we reliving acts? Like <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is this Paul the Apostle writing the Book of Philippians <laughs> while he was in prison, the Book of Joy? <laughs> yeah. Your name should be Paul. Like for, you know, like this is so. It's so like what? It's happening right now because it yeah. seems like in, in our minds, I feel like things that happen in the Bible are not as maybe relevant to us. We think well, that was a long time ago. God worked differently back then. God doesn't work like that anymore. But the more yeah. I hear about Sam and you know Esther's story as well, it's like no, God still manifests Himself physically. God still works supernaturally. Like God yeah. still gives you the same joy and peace that he gave yep. it's the yep. same God still yep. working and I think it reminds me of that well and, and 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 the other thing Sam I think that I feel like really convicted of and just really encouraged and challenged is that you have a peace your father has a peace enough to say I'm going to go lead people to Jesus and if I get killed I get killed you know like and that's what happened to your father you know he stood strong he had the peace that the world cannot give him. He just said, no, I'm never going to, I'm never going to give this away. Even if they take my life, I will do it, but I'm going to continue to love. I'm going to continue to share about who Jesus is. I'm going to continue to live out my faith in God. And he did it until his death. And I just think that's so, uh, it's such a testimony. It's not only commendable, but it's very admirable. And I just, I just love it. And I'm just so grateful like to have met you and for us to, and for you to share your story like this, and for our audience to hear this, because at the end of the day, like our faith has to become like that desperate. It has to be that real. And it's so hard when you live in so much comfort and protection and such freedom. But for you, there was no comfort. There was no freedom for you to express your faith. But there was this desperation, like no matter what, I'm never going to let go of Jesus Christ. It's the peace that you had. And it's just amazing to see this and how Jesus reveals himself to you, you know, in the bus and stuff like that. I mean, these are just stories like we don't really encounter here, but it's just so encouraging to hear this and to realize like this is the God that we all serve together and we all can encounter Jesus in a, in a depth like this, but we have to be willing to give all of ourselves to Jesus no matter what. And that's, that's the inspiring thing about you and your wife is that you've given yourself that much, all of yourselves to Jesus so much so that you are now going to continue to live out the plan that he's called for the both of you to live out, which is incredibly inspiring. So thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, so, you know, um, Peter, I could just say that what was happens to me, um, it's not just, it's, it's not just me and uh, my wife, Esther. I could say there's a lot of people, even right now, yes. before, um, there's a lot of people back over there they could see dreams they could just see jesus and they give them their hearts to jesus but we couldn't hear that because they are living on like hard country you know? yeah yeah like, i could you know let me just share this one uh like two years ago i heard from one of my friends that he's living in my country because we still have connecting with them with some people we are helping them giving them some tools Beside them, praying them. So my friend just came to me with the excited face, excited um, voice, and he says, "You don't believe that what's happened." He says, "What's happened?" He says, uh, "There's a like the 
small village north of my country and most of them they are super old super muslims people living there and he he said that that uh they had a dream about jesus all of them on one night wait what do you mean same time like a Every single person Every in the village had a dream about Jesus on the same, same night. night. Yeah. And because they were super scared to talk about it and they were old, they didn't share after a couple of days, little by little, and says, Yeah, we had the same dream. Oh I had the same goodness. dream. Oh my god. And they opened their hearts to God, to Jesus. Says, oh my okay. Goodness. They don't have a gospel. They don't know. They still don't know who's God right now that he went to the cross. But they give them their hearts to Jesus. Mm -hmm. So even right now, 2024, all of these things is happening. Yeah. We couldn't see mm -hmm. that. We couldn't hear that. But it's happening. It's happening right now. So it is so good to just uh, see that and hear that. So uh, do you have any other yeah. questions? I mean, just going with what you said, I guess that's that's... I was just, we were saying with um, Esther in her episode, I said that, um, you know, it's it's wild to people like us when we hear stories like this because we've become so used to not seeing manifestations of God or we are so used to just kind of thinking that Christianity is just this boring thing and you just go to church on Sunday and read your Bible, but that's it. I think it's it's. We, we hear you say, well, is, is God still doing that to us? Or is that something that only he does, you know, to certain special people? Is that something that happens only in certain parts? And we forget that it's not that God is not that for us. It's that we are not hungering for that from God. That's you know? right. That's and I think right. that's the difference that, you know, maybe we are, and I'm, you know, the temptation for me is to think, well, God does that there, or God does that for them. But actually it's not because, God chooses there. It's because I don't have the heart that hungers for him. Sometimes mm. I don't have the heart that says, you know, like your wife's testimony was, you know, without Jesus, I would die. Like, I don't, I don't have that. Um, the other part that I was thinking about, and after this, we have very interesting, uh, important conversation to have about, um, you know, how you view um, our, I guess our mission here in America to those mm -hmm. who are in our country. But before we go there, I had something, that I was thinking about as you were sharing about your story and also about your dad's story. Um, I remember reading this book where they were talking about the early Christians um, in the book facts, like the early, early Christians. And they said that um, because they believed in the resurrection and they mm. believed that death and the grave no longer had a power over us. Mm -hmm. um, and they really, really believed in eternity mm -hmm. um, when the Roman soldiers would threaten them. And they would persecute them. They would say their attitude was, "Well, what are you going to do to me?" And the Roman soldiers would say, "We're going to kill you." And they would say, "That's it. That's mm -hmm. all you can do for me. Like I'm not scared." Exactly. And that really challenged me because I don't think that's the way, especially modern Western American Christians view it. We live as if the grave is the end of all things. The grave is our almost an idol like it's the greatest fear in our lives the natural world ending yeah um, and we don't think about the fact that jesus conquered the grave so that we don't have to live in the fear of it anymore mm -hmm. um, and you and your dad has proven that you know his attitude was death that's all you're 
gonna scare me with I, that doesn't scare me yeah you, you had already tried to kill yourself like oh, yeah. no power I'm... over you and that really i think is convicting me to think you know what is it what is it when we say jesus conquered the grave what does that mean yeah for us, right yeah that's right, right that's right so thank you for no sure of course you know if i'm going to just share there i'm i'm really just make it really short there's a lot yeah, more, a lot a lot of things that, now, so. that we can just yeah. share but uh um one thing that uh, I want to challenge, like as you said, I don't know, as like mm -hmm. American Western mm -hmm. people. Okay, let me ask you a questions as a like American people. Sure. So when you heard my story and uh, the guy who shut the doors on me, mm -hmm. what do you feel about it? What did I feel about it? Yeah. Um, when you heard, I that. was very upset. <laughs> Why? Because you can't close the door on a, a like a seeking Christian. I mean, mm -hmm. this is our whole job. We're, we're supposed to. I mean, I guess beyond being honest, I was a little judgy mm -hmm. because I, I said, "Well, we're supposed to go out and make disciples, but the disciple is coming to you, and you're going to close the door on them." Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. So uh, let me say uh, first of all uh, the beginning of the because this is so touching my heart and it is, it, it, it is my heart for a long, long time. Just share with the people and. I so appreciate it and praise Lord for that. Thank you. you just give us this opportunity. No, I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, if I'm going to say that, um, I, I'm trying to because I know I, I'm still learning the culture. So if I'm going to say something not correct, please correct me. And no, but me, yes, okay? please, please. But what if I'm going to say that there is a lot of American people that are shutting their doors to the people Mm. to the hunger people mm. Mm. and I could see that you know I could see like the, there's a lot of people that they have a heart for God and they're working so hard wow. sharing their money to a lot of ministries and those ministries they, they're training them helping them to learn the cultures language they're going over there and live to the countries to the Muslims countries in the Middle East and after five, six years, they will come back. And it's going to take like about three years, two or three years to learn the language and the cultures to start communicating with the people. Then they're going to leave and coming back, most of them. Mm. And now, in 2024, there's a lot of immigrant people from other side of sure, the world sure. leaving here. here. Yeah. And you don't have to spend your money, mm. but you're shutting your doors to them. And it just, I'm feeling it just... Do you mean it literally or... No, 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 not literally. Can, no. You, can you just show, can you just explain like yes. what kind of different examples? Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So there is something that I'm trying, I have it in my heart. I call it like the ice wall between American people and uh, uh, immigrant people. Mm. And I'm sure, you know, I talk to them as the immigrants. I talk you know, to the Americans mm -hmm. people a lot too. And I encourage both sides, you know, because I tell you, know, I've, I've been on both sides. So, like, I mean, as the American people, um, I know with the American glasses, it's so scary to just come communication or talk to the needless people, to the, 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 the trusted people. I know it's going to be so hard to mm -hmm. trust. But, uh, what I mean, if one day you guys are going to stand in Jesus' face mm -hmm. and Jesus say that, 
I brought all those people mm. from those broken countries right. coming to your countries to next to your house and you just scared to just talk to them. Mm. I could say a lot of people that I talked to them on 2024, immigrants people, they have an open heart to Jesus if mm. as American people, I could just know their cultures, knows a little bit about their language. It's not too hard to do that. And just be a friend. And I'm trying to just not to be a friend as American people and shutting the doors on them. Mm. As the immigrants when they come here, that's right. I didn't know no, on, on first and second years, living here for me, it was super hard. Mm -hmm. I, I was like a baby. I didn't know the language. Sure. My language yeah. super poor, zero. I didn't know the cultures. I didn't know the jobs. And I really, I, I was looking for some help outside to come yeah. and help me as a American people help immigrants mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. And they walked past by me and it took times for me days by days, years by years, and I learned a little bit by a little bit about the cultures. I did a lot of mistakes mm -hmm. to learn it. But if I had like the friends who helped me, I had it, you know, after like why? But I mean, you know, like the first couple months, it was so helpful to just mm -hmm. someone that comes to me and says, okay, I know you're immigrants, but I want to help you. So question, I have two questions. The first one is what, so I don't know if you can understand the psychology of why somebody um, would do that. I mean, I think that um, you're absolutely right because yes, as Christians, we should share the good news, but we should equally share in practical ways, right? To love on our neighbor. And Jesus makes it very, very clear, Matthew, it's real things, it's tangible things, it's food, it's you know, it's visitation, it's help when you're sick, things like this. Mm -hmm. um, why do you think that American people don't... Not, not all of them. Not all, but the culture, the general the culture, culture, the culture of American yes. people and their attitude towards, you know, immigrants or, you know, quote-unquote foreigners. Like, why do you think we're so closed off? And the second question would be, and I can remind you of the second question when it comes, like, what are some very real concrete, easy, like not easy, but straightforward ways that we mm -hmm. could start. Yeah, I will, I will, so, yeah, yeah, thank you for asking me that. So let me just go for the first question. Uh, I don't, I'm not talking about like all, I, oh, I, I yeah, saw, yeah. I saw a not, lot of people, I mean, you know, yes, 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 yeah, <laughs> I want to say, I want, yeah. I want to be apologized yeah. first if I got, if I just say, no, 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 oh, no, everyone. Yeah. but I know a lot of people that they have a heart for God and they're scared to take any steps. Mm. When you're going to most of like the Walmart groceries, all yeah. like those groceries, when you're walking, you can see couple immigrants working over there. Mm -hmm. Everywhere, right mm -hmm. now, they're everywhere right now. Mm -hmm. So just um, follow one of those immigrants for like 15, 20 minutes and see how many people they're passing by them and they're not talking mm. or saying any words to them. Mm. Even if you are looking for something, you can say, hey, where is like, you know, sure. like these sure. sugars, you know? Yeah. So one thing that, uh, as I said, you know, on, on, on the last episode, says uh, being on a schedule is good, but it's too much. Mm. 
it's not too hard when you're passing by them and say, hey, how are you today? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It could just help them. So feeling sure. good. Sure. Just, oh, someone just talking to me. Somebody sees Somebody me. Somebody sees me. Yeah. Yeah. So we are passing, you know, mm -hmm. I saw them that they are even like, when I'm walking out with my friends, mm -hmm. I could see them that they are, I'm not just blaming them, yeah. you know, I'm just saying that yeah. this is one thing. Mm -hmm. No, did I answer your question? Yes, yes. Okay, yes. so the things that I believe as an American people, I know, I really know that, that it's so hard to trust. Even you know, right now, when I'm thinking at the American people, that someone came from Middle East to my country mm -hmm. right now, maybe he's gonna be trust, maybe he's gonna mm -hmm. do some bombing, maybe he's gonna do because that's all we can sure. hear from the sure. news, we yeah. can see them. Yeah. But how about that? Yeah. If God brought him from like the brokenness somewhere mm -hmm. to this country right. to next to you mm -hmm. to give you this opportunity this chance to help them so it's it's really easy there's a lot of way that i have i can just share mm -hmm. about it so one thing that i could just say that uh just pick one language and just learn a couple of the words mm -hmm. for the immigrant people that are working over there Mm. I mean, you're just going to them, just say, like, hi, how are you mm -hmm. with your language? How was your day? But can I ask you something? How do I know where they're from? <laughs> okay, you can ask them. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. It's not too hard. Well, like, no, the reason why I say that is because, you know, I'm, I'm Asian. Yes. And a lot of times people will try to speak to me in my language, but it's that's not my language. <laughs> uh, I know. Like, they'll be like, you know, ni hao, or like, konnichiwa. <laughs> I'm like, I'm Korean, that's not... My language and so i don't want to like offend somebody but you're saying ask them yeah just them. ask them that's yeah. one thing that you know start communicate with mm -hmm. them mm -hmm. you know that's that's one thing that sure. i just explained it is hard to trust mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so when you're when they're working you know as an immigrant when i'm working on a walmart mm, the whole things in my mind i'm gonna do my jobs as best as i could to don't lose my jobs right right so they won't hurt you Right, right. You want to just ask them just some like normal conversations. Mm -hmm. Oh, hey, where are you come from? How have you been here? Mm -hmm. How many like you know, I I understand that that you know it's it's so safety and security is so important, but we have we read it in gospel a lot of times that you can't have your money mm -hmm. and you can't sure. have God with together. Sure. I wanna say you can't have your fears. And walk for God. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. Sometimes you have to face with your fears and do some opposite things that it's not normal for you. It's not usual mm -hmm. for you. Mm -hmm. the, I don't know. I could just tell you a lot of ways, you know. But um, another thing that you know, that, like immigrants people, they they really need it. They love. They're looking for friends. Mm -hmm. For friends, just. Be my friends, you know. So when you're going to the groceries, you know, just try to just find me and say, Hey, I saw you last week that you were so tired. Is everything okay? Is your family there okay? I know it's it's gonna be hard to ask, you know. But yeah. I'm listening to you, and I guess one practical question I was thinking is uh, and maybe you're gonna be like, that's a silly question, but no, I guess no, please, because please. I'm like, no, the one question that comes up is like, how do I well, so here's was my train of thought. I'll tell you the train of thought. The first train of thought was, but how do I know if somebody is an immigrant? Like, it's not like they are like carrying their visas, like status on their shoulders. Like, I can't. 
But the, then the second chain of thought for me was, does it matter if they're immigrants? Like, I mean, what do I lose if, because your point is not necessarily um, reach out to Muslim immigrants. Your point is let's live our lives in an intentional way mm -hmm. where we can see the people that we're interacting with. Oh yeah. Um, and that includes immigrants, but that also includes the elderly. That includes you know, those who are maybe just feeling hopeless that day. That includes the next guy who we see, you know, just walking down the street. Maybe like, some of your Uber driver. Exactly. So your point was, because I was thinking it in a very narrow way, like, okay, but Sam, like, how do I identify the Muslim immigrants? But that's not your point. The point is, and, you know, it's, it's I'm not just saying this because um, we're talking about this today, but I, I remember I was talking to a friend a couple of weeks ago, and um, we were talking about, this just, I don't know, it's just, I just got reminded of this. We were talking about the story of Hagar in Genesis mm -hmm. and how she's a foreigner and she's what, a servant, she's a slave, but there's a part where God says he saw her, right? It says, she said, you are the God who sees me. Yeah. And I think that is such a thing that we have lost here in America because we have lost the ability to see people mm -hmm. because, we're, because like you said, we're on a schedule. We have point A to point B. Mm -hmm. And so the only thing that matters is getting from point A to point B. Yeah. But Jesus never worked like that. Jesus stopped for people when there was ministry. When people wanted to talk to him, he stopped for them. And I think that's what we have missed in our over-scheduling and our over-routine you know, routined kind of yeah. business-minded, hurried life. Mm -hmm. We have lost the art of seeing people exactly. and building those relationships. Exactly. That's, yeah. that's, that's my point. That mm -hmm. Exactly. I'm so happy that you got it. And you know, one thing that always, always I wanted to just talk to the uh, American people. Um, I know that there are, I know a lot of people that they share their money and they have a mm -hmm. good heart for God. Mm -hmm. And I want to just encourage them to take one more steps. Mm -hmm. So the money that you have, the house that you have, because the, everything, mm -hmm. it's from God. Yes. God led you That's to right. have all of them. Mm -hmm to use you so I can just choose to be tools in God mm -hmm. or no, just staying somewhere outside of that. That's right. Okay. If I don't want be, if I'm not gonna be able to be tools in God's hand, God will God will use someone else. That's right. So if you're gonna see someone and you have a heart of God, I know I know you, what do you mean? I'm not talking about just the Christians people, the people that are talking, praying mm -hmm. every day, daily, sitting down on mm -hmm. God's presence and get get it from God. I'm talking more about them right now. Take some more steps. That's so good that you are sharing your money. But uh, when, when, when you're uh, just doing that and seeing those immigrants people and shopping, just ask God at the same time, mm -hmm. God, do you have anything? That's right that I could say right. or I could do mm. for this woman or this guy. That's right. Yeah. And just be just be being present God for a second. And he will tell you. Mm -hmm. Um one time um my wife and I we went to short term missions. Mm. And uh, one of the old old lady singers that she was so famous. We saw her by 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 like accident, yeah, you know, by random. Yeah. And she was so mean, full person. 
and she was looking from everyone's from the top mm. from the head because she's a celebrity and yeah and always you know uh, she told everyone nobody has to call my name you have to call lady wow. her name wow, yeah. like like mm. that so my wife and I we prayed together and we heard the things from God and we wanted to share with her Mm. And it was so hard for us. Yeah. And it was to just find the time and make sure nobody's not around her. Right, right. I said, okay, Lord, if this message is from you, mm. give us a chance. Sure. Let us yeah. do that. You know, yeah. we, we, we want to do that. And uh, we get to the point that we were sitting, you know, it was like a sh 10, 15 people mm. next to each other. Mm -hmm. Like about 10 minutes, everyone, they just left her alone. Wow. And she was alone by herself. And I told my wife, let's go. go. Let's time. go. This is yeah. the time. Yeah. And we shared about that, what we heard. And he says, I don't know, is this from you or not? But that's, you know, sometimes we can hear that. You know, right. don't, don't be scared to say right. that. They won't right. kill you. You right. know, I, I just heard this is yeah. from God. What's the worst that can what, happen? You know. Yeah. And when we share with her, she shot with like wide open mm -hmm. eyes and start crying wow. and hold our hands and begging mm -hmm. us, could you please share it one more time? Mm -hmm. Wow, wow. Could you? And when we share, she was just getting opposite person. She was yeah. laughing. Yeah. She said, okay, guys, let's just get together. I want to have a picture <laughs> with you guys. And she shared her personal numbers to us wow. and said, okay, I want to be touched with you. Wow. So my point is, I'm, it's weird, but take some steps opposite of your fears. I, um, I really appreciate you sharing that. And, you know, as we're going to wrap up because okay. I don't want to yeah. take much of your time, I, w I do want to share a, a, fun, a fun story. Um, so I don't know if Sam remembers, but... I was actually in the same room, the parents' room as him for the children's nativity. Mm -hmm. And because uh, my kids were the cows and mm. I think your child was also in the choir or something like that. Yeah. Um, and so we were doing it. And I remember um, we were both in this room. It's very, very crowded, crazy, chaotic room. Kids are running around. Food is flailing. And yeah. there's a TV going on in the background. And I remember um, there was this man who was walking around like, my area and he was just like so friendly like so friendly and i was a little bit weirded out because i was like why is he i know it's a church but i'm like nobody is this friendly yeah know? um and i was like oh, i wonder what his story is like, he's so friendly and then i saw him talking to you mm -hmm. and i know and it was funny because you had your younger daughter with you mm -hmm. but you were still talking to this person and towards like the last like thir after 30 minutes or so of me seeing you talking to him you were praying for him mm -hmm. and i was very moved by that because to me, it was like, you can be anywhere at any point. Yeah. You can have kids with you. You can have screaming kids in the background. You can have 10 minutes. You can have an hour. Mm -hmm. But to me, I saw that and said, he's in tune with the spirit. And if God tells him to pray for someone, he will do it. If God mm. tells him to show up for someone, he will do it. And I was very encouraged by that. Um, and, it's, and because it's, it's not that God ever gives us a special moment all the time. No. Not, we just have to be prepared at all the time and say, you know, and I know um, Esther shared this and I really took this to heart. She shared with 
me last time when I saw her and she shared it again on the podcast in the last episode. And she said, she just prayed the prayer of send me one person that I can encourage today. Exactly. You know, and That's it's that posture, power. right? It's that posture. And it doesn't matter, you know, whether they're my literal neighbor or they're, you know, like um, Pastor Peter has said in the earlier episode, sometimes neighbors are people who are very different from you. People mm-hmm. who don't share your language, people who don't share your food, people who are not in the same socioeconomic status. Those are your mm-hmm. real neighbors. Um, just have the eyes of, G- of Jesus to see yeah. and engage. And I think that is kind of the message. You know, yeah, get. exactly. Right now, I'm trying after like 11, 12 years, mm-hmm. I'm trying to learn like the black people's cultures mm-hmm. to learn them and sure. know them. And I have a like amazing heart for them. I love, you know, when I go see them, after, I want to just jump there and hide them, but I know the culture. Okay, don't do that, you know? <laughs> but I want to just encourage people just two things. One, from the time that uh, I gave my heart to Jesus, I told Jesus that every day for like five or ten minutes, I want to be in your presence mm. and be silent mm. and talk to me. I don't want just I have I have a lot of needs. Americans are really bad at that too. Yeah, that's why I want to just pray. You know, that's one of the uh, you know just encouraging people. Yeah. So have these times and just shut down your phone, just go somewhere in nature and just find some place. Say, okay, Lord, I just came to you mm-hmm. and I want to just be quiet. Mm-hmm. Maybe nothing happens, but do it. You know, that's if right. you go do it for 40 days, I believe that's you right. can do it. So that's yeah. one thing that from that time, I'm Love trying that. to just keep it. And another thing I'm trying to just, when I'm walking, I'm asking Lord, just bring me the broken, broken peoples in my way. Or bring bring the people who I can just say any smells steps uh, steps uh, um, step things for them you know mm-hmm. step words step whatever you mm-hmm. know and when you're gonna ask God he will give it to you yeah yeah he will bring it to that's you right. that's yeah right. that's those two things that I want to just I say that. that and again I'm so appreciated for everything no, you for so your episode you know yes we're so. This is going to be, yeah, our, our listeners are in for a real, real treat. It's going to, you know, um, I, I was talking to our small group leader about you and um, Esther coming here. And I said, you know, there's that quote, I think it's C.S. Lewis. I'm not sure who it is, but there's a quote about how, you know, the gospel should comfort the discomforted and mm-hmm. discomfort the comfortable. Yeah. Um, and I think your stories really do have the power to kind of shake us a little bit and say, That's what my fault. are you doing? Like, you know, I think a lot of, or maybe I just speak for myself, but I think a lot of Christians in America, because we are, for the most part, not mm-hmm. that we don't have struggles. Of course, we all have struggles. Yes, Nothing, that's right. The world is broken. But because in many ways we're so comfortable, I think we want, we go through Christianity or we go through this walk with Jesus and we think to ourselves, and I know I thought this, like, God, is this all there is? Like, mm-hmm. Is this really all there is? This is it? You know, but I think your story and Esther's story kind of shakes us a little bit and says, there's so much more that I can offer you. If you would just come to me and hunger for me, there's so much more. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's kind of hopefully the takeaway. That, yeah, do you have any last parting words? So the only thing that I want to say, just my encouragement was staying in God's presence mm-hmm. and asking mm-hmm. God, what do you want me to do? That's right. Anywhere. It doesn't matter when you're working. Maybe it's going to be a co-worker. Maybe it's going to be somewhere mm-hmm. outside. Mm-hmm. Just ask him. 
Maybe it's from the homeless outside. Maybe you can, you know, the only thing that you can. I, I'm not. A, I'm not a person to just give the money to the people, but I'm a person that I'm going to buy the food and sit with them and and just oh, spend time yeah. and pray with them. So just ask them. Ask Lord, and He will bring it to you. That's one thing that I want to mm-hmm. share. Just I, I know schedules is gonna be like point A to point B, super busy, but have like you no know, 15, 20 minutes of your time for that every day. This I'm suddenly getting um I'm suddenly getting an image going all full circle back to when we first did our introduction and you made that joke about um how Americans have to schedule seeing their moms in their <laughs> lives. But you know what's so funny is like I think that's what we do with God. Uh, we give God like a certain percentage oh, of yeah. our life and our time and say, I need you to work in this exact time frame on March 3rd, 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. That's when you get God. Mm-hmm. Of course, God's not going to work like that because God's never Thanks, asked for a percentage of our lives. God said it's all or nothing. It's all or nothing. Uh, yeah, you know? exactly. and so God give you yeah. the house, food, exactly. jobs, whatever that you exactly. have, all from God. And just say, okay, I appreciate it for all everything. Mm-hmm. What should I do? Exactly. You know? Yes. And yeah. it's all the time. And yeah. that's your posture. That's Esther's posture. It's always, you're always in tune with God thinking, who should I see? Who should I speak to? Who can I be Jesus to today? Exactly. All the time. Exactly. Not from point A to point B, but the whole time from point A to point B to point C. The whole time. The whole time. It's exactly. your posture. So. Anyways, thank you so much for interesting. We really appreciate it. I don't know if you listeners caught on, but um, Pastor Peter had to very reluctantly step step out in the middle of it because he had a previous appointment. If he did, if he had known Sam's story was going to go this way, he probably would have not made that appointment. (laughs) (laughs) But it was too late for us. Yeah, in our very scheduled, busy American life, he had to. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 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 We understand. No, I know. Yeah, exactly. But thank you, Sam, so much for being here. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. And, um, yeah, we will see you at the next episode. Bye.